welcome to the Static Zone podcast, where we discuss everything you watched back when TVs had a static snow cover channel before you popped in your VHS or switched over to channel three. Uh, if you pause it just right, you can see his penis. I'm Scotty Moe, and he's big, and he plays football, and he'll kick the shit out of you. That's Corey, a.k.a. Tornado Jones. I I wasn't ready for that first one. <laughs> yes, I was indeed. not ready for that one. I had to re- uh, refer to my notes, yeah, in the other whatever. Um, but, I mean, maybe someone did guess it. We watched Scream. Maybe you can't guess well, it from those quotes. I don't if know. If they listened to our last episode, they knew that we were going to watch it. So <laughs> oh, that too, that too. But for newcomers, welcome, old people. Uh, thanks for being patient with us as always. Um, yeah, let's uh, let's read the back of this. Let's get through all the 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 nitty gritty here, and then we'll oh, the 1996 scream. By the way, 1996. None of that new shit. Uh, Nev Campbell leads an all-star cast in this iconic slasher thriller that launched the Scream franchise and breathed new life into the horror genre. After a series of mysterious deaths befall this small town, an offbeat group of friends, led by Sidney Prescott, becomes the target of a mass killer. As the body count rises, Sidney and her friends turn to the rules, quote-unquote, of horror films to help navigate the real-life terror they're living in. Also starring Courtney Cox, David Arquette, Skeet Ulrich, Matthew Lillard, Rose McCarran, and Drew Barrymore, buckle up for an incredible, nope, for an irresistible killer ride. You can find this movie on Amazon Prime. The DVD is pretty cheap. Paramount Plus, YouTube. Um, and we'll start with the cast and crew. We're going to fire all this off because there's a lot of actual impor- uh, interesting info to get through for this selection. There for is. A change. I didn't know until I actually read the docket and I was like, oh. Oh, yeah. There's plenty of people and things involved with this. Wes Craven is the director. Uh, if you don't know him, what are you doing listening to a movie about it uh, or a podcast about horror movies? Um, he's still alive, too. Nope. He's passed away. Uh, when did he pass away? A couple years ago. He did not make I'm the latest one. He didn't do, I don't think any, I can't remember if he did anything with the series or not. Uh, Wes Craven, um, he created A Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, he directed the first Nightmare and also New Nightmare. And also, The oh. Hills Have Eyes, Last House, Last House on the Left, Scream 2, and Scream 4. Um, writer of this, Kevin Williamson, he also wrote Scream 2, the TV series, Vampire Diaries, episodes or 2009 through 17, uh, The Following, which is a series with Kevin Bacon, and also the screenplay that. on I Know What You Did Last Summer and The Faculty. So if you're wondering why those all have the same vibe, there you go. When, uh, yeah, when we were watching this, I was just like, man, this spawned so many things that were just like it. And this makes a lot more sense. So, yep. <laughs> also, did... Wes Craven passed away in 2015. So my bad on that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yep. Rest in peace. Um, that is the major crew. And then the cast, Nev Campbell is Sydney. Courtney Cox is Gail Weathers. Courtney Cox of Friends, Fame, and nothing else i don't know uh, <laughs> uh she's got some show that's over on i can't remember like tv land or something nev campbell also i have to point out was from party of five had yes. a huge crush on her when i was when i was a kid i had a huge crush on nev campbell so <laughs> i never i knew of her i never watched party of five or 90210 but you know i could point i could say yep they were in that you know i can't think of anything else she's done besides party of five and the scream series um she there was something else and i can't remember now uh but also david arquette is deputy dewey ski 
Pete Ulrich, cursed with a horrible real name, uh, is <laughs> Billy in this. Yeah. Um, that's, that's unfortunate. That's the kid that looks like Johnny Depp, but Wes Craven claimed in the commentary that we watched it with that he was not cast because he resembles Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp was in the first Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, right. Best death in the movie, but... Uh, Skeet Orange looks yeah, like that's him. my wife said that she said she goes look at this not Johnny Depp like mm-hmm. <laughs> yep um and then we've also got Drew Barrymore as Casey uh on the cover twice and got people in the theaters and then uh Roger Jackson is the voice of Ghostface over the phone Matthew Lillard as Stu and Jamie Kennedy as Randy um that made sense because when like at one point I mean, spoilers, you find out that there's a voice modulator involved. And whenever they were the characters were using it, it didn't sound like the voice from the beginning. And I was like, I think that might be somebody else's voice. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Mm hmm. Always good when we both take a drink at the same time. (laughs) Yeah, my bad. I didn't know. Uh, Sorry. That's all right. It's fall, so I've got my Oktoberfest beer. Uh, we did just get back from Florida. You know, big vacationers, us. No. Took a oh, right uh, long overdue trip to the Disney. Um, and you know what? We came back, and Rachel got a candle that is like a pumpkin latte spice, some ridiculous yep. name. But day at, day we got back, that was lit, and uh, so were we. hey oh No. Um <laughs> But the smell of that was you. like the smell of that was like, oh, we did just go from 85 degrees to 45 degree weather. It is now fall. It is autumn. It yeah. is, you know, spoopy. oh, that must be nice because today it's 83 down here. So, it, yeah, it went right back up today, actually. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's yeah. still the uh, oh, it's the spooptober. What did the kids say? Five spoopy, five me or whatever. Right. Two uh, spoopy, five me. Yeah. You're not doing it right. Oh, so, darn. That was like I've, seven years ago. I so. wish I was cool. Sorry. <laughs> Um, uh, anyway, speaking of cool numbers are neat. Um, this movie, the domestic (laughs) was $103,046,663 international 70 million worldwide, 173 million, et cetera, et cetera. Um, budget budget was 14 million. Oh, there we go. Yep. Uh, getting over to that. So that's still 14 million is still a lot for a horror movie at all. Horror. Well, and in 96, but you had big names in there. You had Courtney mm-hmm. Cox, you had Nev Campbell, you had Drew Barrymore, which brought people into the seats. And, yeah, and uh, also had uncredited though. Uh, uh, help me. The Fonz. Oh, Henry Winkler. Henry Winkler. He wasn't he asked, credited? No, he has to be uncredited so as to not, uh, undersell the other people in it i guess or something oh so. okay what what year i guess this might have been around i don't know when Waterboy came out because he was big in that for a while too so i don't know but that was one of my things my wife just goes the fonz like as soon as she see it saw him so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um yeah he was great in yeah this. so two years after this movie he was in Waterboy. Okay. so interesting um and then if we go to the release day numbers, like the the weekend or the day that this mm-hmm. was out, it came out on December 20th, 1996. Uh, sorry, but top of the charts was Beavis and Butthead do America. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then Jerry Maguire, 101 Dalmatians. That was that would be the animated one. Um, yeah. Scream was number four. One Fine Day, The Preacher's Wife, Mars Attacks, Jingle All the Way. 
Oh my, no, that movie's cursed. <laughs> my fellow Americans and Daylight round out the top ten, but also worth mentioning was Star Trek: First Contact, uh, Space Jam, and uh, I Romeo. Don't think this was opening week for it, though. No, not not all of these. Uh, also out yeah. that weekend though was Romeo and Juliet, which uh, Jamie Kennedy was also in. In um, the one with Leonardo DiCaprio and Claire Danes. Uh, I don't think that's that one. I could be wrong though. I can't. I just know he was in a Romeo and Juliet. Um, all right. But oh yes. yeah, that one that I'm talking about is yeah the one that that yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, I forgot he, Jamie Kennedy was in this movie. So <laughs> he well, it's unfortunate. I forgot it until I saw him. Yeah, we did. Um. We we do have uh, Nev Campbell's autograph uh, of her when she's on the phone in the gray sweatshirt. Um, she was very oh, nice. pleasant. We met her. There was a screen panel at a Steel City Con one year um, with her and the dude that played Ghostface, the stunt guy that played Ghostface, and uh, unfortunately Jamie Kennedy. He's kind of a piece of shit. <laughs> Is he? He's he's kind of super well, annoying. Um, like he's good. I mean, have in this you seen movie. Malibu's Most Wanted? Like no. <laughs> I've seen nothing else he's in besides this. I know. I think he's in one of the Tremors, so I take that back. I've seen. I think it's he's the in the Mask movie. Two. Yeah, yeah, great. Son of the Mask, wonderful. Yeah, he's the lead on that movie. Yeah, great. No, we need to put Mars Attacks. We need to put a pin on that. We need to come back to Mars Attacks. Yeah, because I, I haven't like seen it in movie. a long time, and I need to see know if it holds up. I I didn't like it when I saw it the first time, so I don't oh, know. I did because Jack Black was in it and he died. So. <laughs> That's literally the description of every celebrity in that movie. So that's true. It just yeah. sees how long, which one, like how long they lasted in the movie. So, yeah, I remember my logical hate for it started with uh, I had just recently seen the Back to the Future movies and Michael J. Fox was in that and he dies immediately. <laughs> so, uh, that was yeah, dumb. that's true. <laughs> that bummed me out as a child. Uh, anyway, yeah, anyway, but, you <laughs> know, about it didn't. Uh, for debuting at number four, that's pretty good for a horror movie in the middle of December, uh, late December. Um, for a genre that was basically dead. Yeah, 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 yeah. A subgenre of horror. Like, there were no, like, slat. It, 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 a good, very good documentary that everyone should watch. I don't know if I've ever recommended it on this podcast. It's called Going to Pieces, The Rise and Fall of the Slasher Film. It came um, out about five, maybe seven years ago. Uh but I think it's on like Amazon Prime or something. And it goes through like, you know, starting off with Halloween and the rise of it and then how super commercial it got around like the Freddy era and how bad everyone was just like everyone and their mama was making them. Uh, right. But they talk about Scream at one point where it basically breathed, bre breathed fresh air into a dying genre. So mm -hmm. nice. And I okay. also forgot. I also forgot that Miramax was a distributor company. And I forgot that that turned into the Weinstein Corporation. Yeah, they mentioned him a lot in the commentary. We watched this twice. Uh, Rachel and I watched. This is one of her favorite. Uh, uh, she loves anything Wes Craven. Just about anything Wes Craven does. Um, very and, 90s. Uh, this was the first time she had watched it with commentary. But his name, came, uh, Bob Weinstein, came up a couple of times. Mm. And and we were like, oh, that hasn't aged great. But um, not at yeah. all. <laughs> so yeah uh look it up we're not gonna get into that um nah. but uh yeah it was interesting though um we'll get it as we discuss things i'll t i'll mention some things that were uh stated in the commentary notes um this was not my first time seeing it uh it's definitely i like it because it um 
for the reasons that it's popular. It doesn't follow the tropes. It it literally makes some fun of the tropes that Wes Craven set as standards. So, yeah. uh, which is pretty cool and pretty fun. And I think if that were done today, it would be too, as with anything, too thrown in your face, too much thrown in your face to... to here it is, here it. it is. Hey, do you know this? You don't know what subtlety is, right? We're going to spoon feed it to you. Yeah. Here you go. Yeah, I, I always That's remember... think. Yeah, I always, I'm always reminded of the end of Prometheus, which is Ridley Scott, who did the first Alien, but then at the end of Prometheus, they make it so obvious that there's a xenomorph, and I, I still, I will take it to my grave that it should have ended before that scene, because that yep. scene immediately insults the audience's intelligence of like, do you get it? Do you get it now? It's Aliens. Yeah. Do you get it? Um, mm-hmm. So... Stuff like that does not happen as much in this. Um, there is some stuff from the com- from the commentary where Rachel and I were looking at each other. We're like, whoa, you're giving the audience too much credit now. We were not thinking that in-depthly about the pathos of some of these things. We'll get to them. Don't worry. Yeah, um, I'm curious about that because this was my mine and my wife's first viewing of this movie. I had always... Okay. The problem is I knew the ending of the movie because as a kid, a I had watched I had watched Scary Movie before I even watched Scream. So first yeah. fun fact, this was originally called Scary Movie. Yeah, I don't I, I like Scream better. So Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Scream's a much better name. Uh, but I do remember I saw the scary movie and I was just like, I saw a scary movie and then I watched Scream and I was like, oh, okay, a lot of this makes sense. And then the stinger at the end of Scream, I was like, I wish I would have like been able to like watch this for the first time as a kid, like in theaters. I would have been what ninety six. I was eight, so I definitely my parents would not let me watch horror movies. Mm-hmm. I'd have to go to my cousin's house and watch horror movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this was our first viewing of it, and I mean we'll get to the overall, you know, our thoughts and everything about it. But I I enjoyed it. It wasn't bad. Um, it, it's yeah. definitely some cringy parts so. yeah what you just said about uh pop culture ruining it for you that's how the shining was for me i had i oh. i've only i the first and only time i've watched the shining was five years ago something like that so like everything and being the slightest fan of the yep. simpsons you already know the plot yeah the simpsons but uh yep. like everything else had referenced everything so nothing was a surprise in that movie for me um, except for the actual cinematography, like I still very much enjoyed that, yeah, but I, I knew, thing. I knew the whole fucking story before the credits even started. So, you know, yeah, I don't watch like, I, I usually watch the, the shining every year for how, like around the Halloween time. And I don't like, I know the gist of it. I know what happens, but it's just the shooting of it. And like mm-hmm. the, like the trailer for the shining is still one of the creepiest fucking things I've ever seen. The trailer is just yeah. the elevator scene slowed down with text crawl over it but it's got this Mm. haunting music over it and it's just opening and i don't know it was just very unsettling like even as an adult watching that trailer so but no i understand it it sucks but uh yeah it it sucks that it happened with the shining more than it happened with the screen like me so Mm -hmm. yeah um but yeah so i mean i don't but did you know about the first scene before going into this with Drew Barrymore dying, I, yeah, I didn't oh, know about that. Unfortunately, yeah, right. I knew. I under. I that's why there's a lot of movies that I've watched where I'm like, I will go up to bat and say these are fantastic movies if you've never seen it before. Yeah, because like it's it's like the Sixth Sense. You watch it once, you're like, okay, that was great, but I'm kind of done. 
Like, mm-hmm. that was it. It doesn't have yep. very good rewatchability. Nope. This one has better rewatchability, but it does have an interesting stinger that kind of gets spoiled after you watch it one time. Yeah, no, we were catching stuff the second time through. Um, we're actually even the first time we were watching it because we did. I think we just watched it last year. Yeah, we did just watch it last year because Scream 5 came out, which is just called Scream. 2022. Or, okay, yeah. Uh, How but, was that one compared to this? It's still Didn't you good. you say it was okay? Yeah, it's yeah. good. Um, I mean, I've only seen one, two, and that one. Uh, Rachel still said she enjoyed the the newest one, though. Um, but we, we're probably right. going to watch three. We're probably going to watch the rest of them this year, maybe. At least I want to see two again. Um, and I haven't What's seen considered the, other the one, best so. one. Is it this first one? This one. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, it seems like the... they're all pretty solid. It's not like it's like this one was really good and then there was a hard drop off. Uh, I think three is not a fan favorite, but I'm not. But don't quote me gotcha. on that. Um, but the uh, the opening scene, we still it still caught us saying like why don't you fucking do this you dumb idiot who cares if you're getting killed but by that i mean drew barrymore was at the time besides henry winkler the biggest name of this cast and that's why they threw her on the cover she's in the trailer whatever but she dies in the first scene and the way that she dies the gore's pretty good the gore was cut back significantly that uh craven talks about due to the mpaa and the things he's talking oh. about are on fucking daytime television now with the walking dead like it's nothing yeah like you couldn't you couldn't see the entrails actually falling out of their guts and stuff apparently it had so, to be displayed so yeah okay. and even the um which was it the day of the dead did that too they had to cut a cut away just basically cut away from certain literal cuts of humans in this um because they could the only time, show in the certain... 80s they could have got away with anything yeah, it's nuts. Um, but uh, but the thing, well, the thing is though, you have to think like this is a different de- decade. In the eighties, they didn't know what the hell they were doing with the rating board still. So yeah. Um, one of the first things, one of the when I was so what I've been doing over on the Static Zone podcast Twitter. Oh yeah, sorry, is, we already I've bypassed been, no, that. You're good. I've been doing uh, so every day in October. Me and my wife, Scotty, has no faith in us, but rightfully so. Because I've tried to do this the last three years. I think mm-hmm. ever since I've known you. We tried it that, once. <laughs> yeah, we're trying to do a, a horror movie every day in October. So that's 31 horror movies. Uh, we had a little hiccup on the last Friday, but we, we did a double feature on Saturday. So we made up for it. Uh, we're, what's today, the 10th? So we're, doing, we're in 10. Technically, we're at 11 movies because I count demons as we started right before October. So I mm-hmm. lump that in with our horror movie watching. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, we watched this th- last night and what I've been doing is a mini review of the movie as we watch it underneath like the tweet. Uh, and then I give my overall review this one was a little bit different. I told everyone I'm not going to give my overall review. You have to listen to the podcast to hear it. So, but the first thing I said, the first tweet I put out was take the popcorn off the stove. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, in the commentary, Wes Craven four times. Yeah, in the commentary, Wes Craven said that was the visual clock for the audience, essentially for this scene. That so, makes sense. That's yeah. actually really smart. Now that I know that, like, so. right, right. Yeah, no. We said what we yelled at the screen was throw your phone, fo- throw the phone at your parents. Like she's literally yeah. within earshot of them. Then you're clearly within throwing range, whether or not. 
you know, whatever. The stab doesn't count. Like, if he would have stabbed her, like, closer to where her lung was, that would have made sense that she couldn't say mom out loud. He was but choking here her. She, oh, I guess that's true. Maybe she, yeah, crushed, she... Her, <laughs> he crushed her neck a little bit. Yeah, that, he sure that makes did. Sense. Never mind. Yeah. I forgot about that part. I only worried about the stab. I do, and I was going to talk about it a little bit later, but I have, I absolutely love the fact that every time there is a ghost face interaction, they get their ass kicked as ghost face. Like, yeah, yeah. We were laughing every time. You're like, he's like, he's winning these fights, but like, he's putting in the work. So, right. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. It was pretty to, like, good. Jason or Freddie and like, uh, uh, Michael Myers in their first movies. There was no like them, like getting their asses beat. They were just super powerful, but it made this, it made the killer very humanized. That, and it's oddly more satisfying and like kind of, I feel the, the reason that sex sells and all that shit is because it, it ignites a chemical in your brain that you don't know is happening. Whether whether you're horny or not, sex still sexual things still get you excited. So that like ignites a thing in horror movies anyway. And so, but this is doing a different thing where there's no uh, sexualizing of it, but there is that like instant gratification of oh, he just got his face hit by a freezer door. Yeah. That's great, you know. Like Rose um, McGowan or McGowan, sorry, that plays Tate. Rose McGowan uh, is a good name for anything. <laughs> <laughs> but she was holding her own for a while. She was throwing beers at him. Like you were like, she could probably like win this fight, but then she did something yeah. really dumb. So <laughs> yeah, right. Um, Which yeah, they the, spoofed that one to one in scary movie. And I was like, Oh, it's much better done here. So I, well, I, when I saw that, I thought about the first resident evil movie that we saw, like they showed more in this than in fucking like why, which makes you think like, why did they tease that that lady was, clearly dead in the resident evil movie you know it doesn't to me it doesn't add emphasis unless they like wanted to make you think because i i don't remember i think they talked beyond it because i did watch that with co the commentary but i don't remember um them saying anything about specifically that death unless it was like them just teasing like it's gonna get violent but not this violent yet you know maybe the order of killings. i don't i don't know um, but but uh, sorry, I don't mean to compare Scream to Resident Evil. Um, oh God, uh, you're gonna piss somebody off. Not me, but somebody. Uh, whatever. <laughs> um, so I'll get to this little commentary note before we get away from this scene because uh, we might. Okay. Every time I talk about this movie, I forget about Drew Barrymore being in it. So before we get away too far away from that, um, good. Apparently, uh, Drew Barrymore and Wes they talked the night before. And uh, they were just discussing, you know, just just not not uh, like over the phone, but not like in person. Actually, I'm not sure if they specified, but Drew mentioned a horrifying story uh, of an owner that she read in the newspaper of an owner setting their own their own dog on fire. And like that broke her heart, which it would broke any break any human's heart if you're a, a, a good person. A God um, so. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you broke up. He said Christian, folks. Um, I said a God very Christian. <laughs> yeah. But so since she's an animal lover, uh, um, Wes used that and he said he was going to use it because he wanted to ask for something that could help her cry or whatever. And so when needing tears, uh, Wes would just say, Drew, I'm lighting the lighter, meaning he's going to light a dog on fire. Yeah. Intense <laughs> shit. Yeah. So. Look. Some of the stories I've heard of directors getting actors to act, that's mild. So. Yeah, well, they, she wasn't getting birds thrown at her or anything, but yeah. Or there's a lot of good information if you ever want to check out the making of The Exorcist. So Right, yeah. Hey, 
Speaking of, Linda Blair's in this a couple times. Did you catch her? Yeah, I put that on there. I said, hey, okay. and I even tagged her on Twitter. I was like, hey, nice little cameo from Linda Blair. So, mm-hmm. yep, yep. I felt yep. good that I knew it was her because Hallie was like, I was like, that was Linda Blair. She goes, who? I said, the lady from The Exorcist. What are you talking about? Yeah, the and lady goes, from oh. one of your top five. Wasn't that one of her top fives or something? Or? Yeah, that and like Rosemary's Baby was up there and the birds. We actually you got, got to, uh, I'm, we got I'm her autograph too. <laughs> Oh, the same, nice. yeah, yeah, the same day. She she usually when she's doing autographs and and stuff, a portion of it goes to uh, the Humane Society or some sort of oh, yeah. related foundation, um, which is. So I'll tell cool. you who doesn't. Chuck Norris doesn't. He charged a hundred and ten dollars for an autograph. Fuck him. No sir. Um. Yeah, but that the, the, that was an interesting thing about that first scene. It's um, it's ballsy to kill off a big celebrity, your biggest celebrity. I would say no offense to Nev Campbell or Courtney Cox, but I think Drew Barrymore was on the pretty big star rise at this point and mm-hmm. killing her off. So like, and that was a pretty, I, I forgot. I know I knew about Steve, her boyfriend, how he, he got gutted on the patio, mm-hmm. but I didn't know how they displayed her. And that was pretty brutal. So yeah, he was originally, he, uh, he auditioned for the part of Billy and didn't get it. So Wes gave him this part instead. Yeah. We'll rip your guts out. How about that? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, But I I have a note here. Transition from one 30 year old high school student to another. When we transfer to Nev Campbell, (laughs) like everyone is the same age and looks like they just got out of college. And by that, David Arkin playing a 25 year old. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Dewey, the cop who still lives with his high school sister and whatever and mom and mom yeah um but you know we can't we i would be amiss if i didn't mention uh courtney cox's bright green pantsuit that can be seen from the moon (laughs) that's true i wanted to point out to her cameraman i thought at first i was like is that that's not danny mcbride and i was like no this was too early for danny mcbride so but i could totally see danny mcbride being in that role Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah that that could be him as well. Also, going back to Courtney Cox, her character is she's just a bitch. Like, yeah, yeah. She was uh, in the commentary. One hundred percent. Yeah, in the commentary, Wes mentions how much fun she had playing that role because she's like known for Friends, where she's like the good. You yeah, know, she's not a bitch. Yeah, so. not 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 like ditzy compared to this smart ass, uh, but more happy go lucky yeah. and, and successful. Yeah, and, and time television. Positive. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, but, uh, but going down my scene notes here, the next thing I have is Matt Lillard, who is basically doing his God. hackers character, but <laughs> I, I, know, and I know when I was watching him, I was like, this is just his hackers thing, but I, I love it. I, mm-hmm. I yep. tweeted out, I said, I could watch Matthew Lillard, Lillard recite, recite anything and be enthralled. Like I yeah. love just watching, like even him as Scooby or I'm sorry, even him as Shaggy. Is I haven't seen great. those, but I might. I'm not a huge fan of Scooby Doo, but I might. Uh, I remember might the second one being better. Those. The yeah. second one being really good. People were legitimately mad that he was not cast as the Shaggy voice in the recent movie Scoob, but he doesn't. He didn't I don't know. care. He just wished. I love Matthew to, uh, Lillard. Yeah. Uh, Sarah, or was it not Sarah Michelle? Oh, yeah, that's Sarah Michelle Geller. Uh, Freddie Prince Jr. And then I love Linda Cardellini. She plays mm-hmm. Velma. So there we yep. go. Yeah. Um, that's a scary movie spooky movie so <laughs> yeah uh, yeah it's, it's comedy just like this one um so, oh yeah so <laughs> i have to let listeners know yeah uh, i googled scream for some reason and i it gives like a small synopsis on google if you just 
Google Scream movie. And it says a comedy starring Nev Campbell and David Arquette along with Courtney Cox. And I'm like, that's no, nope. <laughs> that's not what that is. Like there's comedy nope. elements, but right. did you like the on the nose? I didn't know if we were going to go scene by scene, but he's like, when Henry Winkley looks out of his office, he's like, Oh, Hey Fred. And the janitor is dressed exactly like Freddie. It wasn't even subtle. Like, <laughs> Do you know who that is? No, who? No, the guy playing the janitor. Ah, uh-uh. that's Wes Craven. Oh, was it? Oh, I got to go back and watch. I'm, I got yeah. it pulled up on my tablet. I'm going to when it gets to that scene, I'm going to pause it. Yeah, he said um, that uh, they mentioned the commentary and that was him in the original Freddy outfit too, like the first. Oh, so. OK, that's good. Because at first I was like, wow, that's a little on the nose. And then I was now that you told me that I'm like, it's still really on the nose. But yeah, now sure. I appreciate it a little bit more. So no, it, it was funny. It, it, it was funny because it was just like half a beat not even i mean the know. only funnier thing would have been actually having uh what's his fucking i had his name and i completely lost it plays freddie oh robert england yeah having robert england as just robert england like him not in the freddie makeup mm-hmm. so yeah um but the uh like something that you notice a second viewing of this matt lillard's first scene basically he the fact that he he is already defending the murderer is he's already defending yeah, the right act away. and like about to the describe how sign. you gut a person and everything. Um, yeah. But yeah. So, uh, and it was uh, something we were doing the second viewing of it is kind of placing, since there are spoilers, whatever, if you haven't figured it out by listening to this podcast already, we spoil things left and right. Um, we Except might want to start, we might want to <laughs> start putting that disclaimer in the description now that I think about it. Um, but that, or maybe a little audio in the beginning being like, we're about to spoil the shit out of this. Get ready. So. Yeah. Because uh, the what we did with our second viewing, we watched it once and I took notes and then we watched it next time with commentary on, which was the okay. Wes Craven and the writer whose name I immediately for uh, Kevin Williamson, Kevin Williamson. Um, but wow. they mentioned okay, uh, or and not that, but we're watching the second time and we were trying to figure out, OK, if he's in this next scene or if he's in this scene right after that, that means that was the killer for that murder. And like, oh, yeah, you're trying to figure out who was who in what scene, because spoilers, there's technically two killers in the movie. Yeah. So but no, we could definitely figure out um, that we're pretty confident it was Billy who did who killed Drew Barrymore and then went over to Neb because he's like hot and heavy because he just killed somebody. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So I'm trying to wonder if Stu actually killed Tate. uh, No, because he was in the house the whole time remember that's then, true he was he was playing host so right 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 yeah because it's that's his a fun game house yeah no it's you can figure it out and then they even mentioned in the commentary like um we didn't really write it thinking about that we just did it and you know kind of not yeah, really hope for worked. the best but they didn't like if they thought too much about that it would have just gone out the window i love point. i love matthew lillard's death scene too it's it reminds me of uh lost boys uh, his death because it reminds you of Lost the, Boys. Well, it reminds me of Lost Boys because in Lost Boys they go death by radio, and this one I just immediately thought of death by television. So. Oh, I just thought of it's prime time, bitch, and that was how he died. So that's true. That's from the what third nightmare movie? Yeah, but that we were but, about but, to watch that the other night, but we didn't. So we need that's still on the list because that's supposed to be besides the first one. The third one's supposed to be really good too. So, um, what's interesting about that scene though is uh. That was in uh, a couple of lines were improv in that Matthew Lillard. Ha- 
Lillard had a lot of improv. That's hard to say. That's um, how you work Lillard. You give yeah. him improv. <laughs> so basically the final his final scenes were mostly improv because when he says my mom and dad are going to be so mad at me that was his yeah um, i felt a little i know that he's still fucked up in the head but at that point where he's like i think i'm dying you cut me too deep and i was like i feel as a kid i wouldn't have cared i'm like that guy mm-hmm. should die because he's the bad guy but now as an adult i'm like man he's got a lot of stuff going on and like he like yeah. You should like he just needed the right person to tell him. And I'm just like, you could you could feel the scaredness of that character coming through at that point. Yeah, yeah. Cause at first they're so masochistic that they it didn't even occur to them that they're getting stabbed until they are, and then they're like, Oh, this is what we're doing, you know. Yeah. Um but that's the other thing. He's like, Oh god, I deserve to be here. So <laughs> Yeah. But what's interesting is his other improv line was I always had a thing for you, Sid, when he's trying to kill Sydney. And then that was improv. Which okay. led to her improv line of in your dreams before she smashes him with the TV. So it was like an That's accidental super duper Freddy reference with her saying in your dreams as she kills him with a TV. So that's yeah, that's that's lightning in a bottle. Like, that's yeah. what that is. That's just you. You couldn't have wrote that without it. It would have been really cliche if it was written and they had mm-hmm. to say it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it works. Um, But speaking of like parts that like made you think for a second or kind of caught you off guard and you mentioned it in your tweets i didn't read all your tweets because i didn't want to like read your side of the conversation for today but mm-hmm. um you did mention the closet which i also mentioned the yeah very, with sydney so did you want to talk about that yeah so at one point in the like right after the first scene after we get our introduction scene to sydney and billy uh ghostface is just attacking her now too yep and she runs she even makes the point where she's like oh they run up you know the 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 lady's always a Dim, uh, dumb bimbo blonde that always runs upstairs instead of running out and then as soon as she's attacked she runs right upstairs mm-hmm. <laughs> and then but with the way she Can't closes her door, her door. And, yeah yeah she locks her door i was like that's not gonna hold it back but she opens her closet door and pries it like when he opens it it keeps it shut i was like that was smart yeah i got they, it because it would have been something stupid where she she could have just like moved the dresser in front of it or something but no that was a smart way to do it well, they did foreshadow that when she, uh, the door, the closet door is just open in her first scene and her dad mm-hmm. couldn't open her bedroom door when he heard her oh, scream because she yeah. had, yeah. So they did, they did foreshadow that. Um, and also apparently I, I wrote down this factoid cause I found it interesting cause Rachel was like, how does that happen? I was like, it's because the house was not desi- designed like yeah. logically cause one door opens like two doors, you you never see that anymore. The two doors like open up to each other or into each other. Right. But or apparently closet doors, the writer actually wrote that how that door should work. So they were trying to find um, I don't have, all the houses in this are very old and very well, very not old, but like California farmhouse. Yeah. Um, but the writer did mention that like the closet door blocking the bedroom. That's what he grew up with. That's what like he had as a kid. Um, but they could not find that structure anywhere. So they literally built a wall to allow for those doors to collide with each other in this movie. Oh, okay. So yeah, that makes sense. That's that was interesting. Tell your set builder to build what you need. So, yeah. Um, but no, what you were saying oh. or what I was trying to talk, uh, get you to talk about with the closet was when Sydney's walking around her house before she's even on the phone, there's a swell in music when she opens the the closet door like the the jacket closet door yeah and nothing happens nothing's in the closet nothing's behind the closet door 
she just closes it and goes about her merry way. But then Ghostface is in the closet. So it it builds you up to think something's going to happen, then it doesn't, so that when it does, you're caught off guard. Yeah. Yeah. That's what happened. It's like in the thing with the, the blood test scene. Because you're right. going through the blood test scene and yeah. you're like, oh, okay, you did it the first time. Because everyone's like, oh, God, it's going to happen. And it doesn't happen. You're like, okay. And then the second time, oh, God, it's going to happen. It doesn't happen. You're like, okay. And then the third time happens so quickly, you're like, oh, shit. Like, it gets you. It's yeah. a well, it's a fucking deserved jump scare. Yeah, there it's are a, a lot of jump scares one. in this. And Rachel hates that in I other hate movies. jump scares. And I'm like, you say how much you hate jump scares, but this movie is full of them. And so Drew Barry scene when the, she looks in the mirror or in the window and then Ghostface turns around. That was like, the what? dumbest okay. part of that scene. That that was seriously the dumbest part of that scene, because he's not only is he there, but then he turns around like, gotcha. Like, yeah. I didn't I didn't. That was the only part I didn't and even like he doesn't take opening. the fucking popcorn off the stove. So. <laughs> no, nope, fucking he's got he's got bigger fish to fry. I want to point out the fact, and this was one of my tweets, where I said, does everyone in this universe just like every, is there like a class in the high school at this universe where they just know everything about horror movies? Like, that, like it's like everyone yeah. in the world knows about these horror movies. And I'm just Even like, wait, Sydney, what? Even Sydney, who claims to never watch them, quotes like yeah. the, what is it? Um, They're stupid. The bad seed. And I'm like, no one's seen that movie. And you're quoting yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know. Um, well, it felt like there should have been like you get the scene with Jamie Kennedy because he's the one that knows everything about the horror movies. That makes and, sense. Yeah. Yeah. Like, but you you needed Sydney there to understand the rules. It was just him and Matthew Lillard, and then apparently and then eventually Billy's character as well. And right. You're like, yeah, they all know about the horror movies. But like Sydney doesn't. Like, why does she know the rules now? She was never in a rules conversation. And they've yeah. had horror movie rules conversations in this movie multiple times. Right. So, plot hole. Yeah. It's not a very it's not a huge plot hole. No, but um another nod I appreciated. I don't know if it really was foreshadowing because they didn't mention it in the commentary, but um after Drew Mary Drew, Mary Bore. After Drew Barrymore's <laughs> character is killed, um which I don't, I think her name's Casey or something. I don't remember yes. at all. Um, Casey and Steve. But uh, after she's killed and it's announced at school, which doesn't make any sense that there's like suddenly news vans everywhere at the school, even though the murder happened somewhere else. But whatever, it's a movie. Um, it, it's it, it, A movie has to happen. Yeah. Also, you can tell this is a California high school. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. Because everybody's like either on the fucking lawn or barely in a hallway. Um, mm -hmm. But the uh, systems when it, but there's a dude that runs through the hall with the ghost face mask mm -hmm. and, a, and a cloak on. And then um, another guy somewhere. I forget. Oh, uh, ambushes her in the bathroom. And um, but then you uh, transfer to Henry Hen the principal, the Fonz's office, where he's disciplining two people and then they're suspended. I was like, oh two people because there's eventually two killers and Rachel's like, oh yeah, maybe that was like that. They never mentioned the commentary, but that's what I'm going with. It's their maybe you gave yourself too much credit on that one. <laughs> well, fucking, what are some of my notes here? Because Wes Craven definitely like did there was another thing that he did with oh my god, intense like, oh, the one scene where Dewey, uh, Deputy Dewey is eating ice cream and his boss uh -huh. is smoking a cigarette um, yeah. he's like, all right, every time, uh, 
every time he takes a hit from his cigarette, you lick your ice cream cone to show the dichotomy. I'm like, all right, I guess so. I just found that funny. They didn't really throw it in our face, but yeah. Sure. I did, I just don't need David Arquette. I don't need to watch oh, David Arquette eat an ice cream. That was the other thing. Um, one thing that, that Craven did put in there is when they eventually, when Dewey eventually shows to uh, the chief of police uh, or sheriff or whatever, it's a small town, um, that he's like, yeah, we found one of the costumes, but, you know, they're at every five and dime on every corner. Yeah. So good luck finding a transaction history. And they, and the camera, it's it's a split second, but the name of the costume is Father Death. And Wes Craven said he specifically named it that as a red herring for the audience to think that Sidney's dad is the killer. I'm like, dude, we barely saw the name of that fucking costume. Yeah, you You're get, giving us too much credit now. Yeah, I, I get you. Tr you put the stuff in there for like diehard fans, but like right. not everybody's going to get that. No, no, no. I didn't even. Like, the only reason I caught it was because Rachel saw it and laughed at it because it was such a horrible name for anything. So it was. Like, I mean, Ghostface isn't much better. <laughs> no, not. And I think only, uh, what's her name? Tatum is the only person that calls him that Ghostface. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's the only time it's called Ghostface. Yeah. Which is funny, too, where they're like, this is every five and nine. And I think before this movie, it was not. But definitely after this movie, it was. Oh, yeah, right. Nobody knew about that painting until this movie existed either. Um, yeah, that's true. So let's see here. Uh, oh, yeah. We mentioned Linda Blair. Um, we mentioned Henry Winkler. Uh, cheerleaders, janitor. Oh, I have in my notes here in all caps highlighted. And so begins the longest ending scene in horror cinema. <laughs> because yeah. half of the movie is the party <laughs> that ends everything. Yeah, well, that's what I said. Because, like, they got to the party and I looked at Hallie. I said, oh, this movie's almost over. And then yeah. I didn't realize how long we were at the party. <laughs> like, right, 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 right. Yeah, the thing. Like um, when we were watching the commentary, uh, apparently the crew had shirts made. Uh, this scene was scene 117 or 118, I think they said. Apparently the cast and crew had shirts made that said, I survived scene 117, because it is literally <laughs> the beginning of the second half of the movie. <laughs> so Jesus. it's pretty funny. But um, that's crazy. No, but that the house, though, is really cool. Like the, the set pieces, the Sydney's house is yeah. clearly a fucking... Um, I think they said it was actually uh, uh, something in wine country is before we watched the commentary. Rachel was saying that because you've got all these scenic rolling hills in the background and this deck porch that's like the size of the whole fucking house yeah. and everything. And just these giant rooms in this kitchen and, and whatever else. But that's a lot yeah. of the houses down here. So that's what, that's how the houses are being built in the south now. So, uh, OK, well, you got the space, I guess. But um, true. so that just like. It you never think that this is actually in California because it looks like it's another town in or another block of road in Portland it, or something. It feels like Midwest, but then they're like, oh, they don't go to anything. They they don't go to the beach. They don't go right. to there's yeah. not a palm tree in sight. So So they keep it grounded. So Yeah. I guess it could be anywhere. Is that mm -hmm. what they're trying to say? Like it could happen anywhere. Yeah. 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 Even um, though they say California multiple times. They they do, but they still try to make it seem it. Uh, it looks like a small town, like barely like the town in Stranger Things does. Only when you see yeah. the one and only block that they show in that show. Um, That's true. 
Yeah. So let's see here. Uh, oh boy. Um, no, it, it's a good movie overall. Uh, I'm trying to look at other parts here and look at my factoids. Uh, but there, um, Mm-hmm. There's a ton of foreshadowing oh, things. Um, oh where, yeah, there's a lot of setups, like payoffs, Jamie, stuff like that. Too. Jamie Kennedy says, um, "Never say I'll be right back." And then Matthew Lillard says, "I'm gonna go get a beer. You know, you want another one?" He's like, "Oh yeah, sure." And then he goes, "I'll be right back." Yeah. And then, and then yeah. you, it, it's kind of lost in the 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 um Kerfuffle. the discussion of all the other extras talking. But he says. And then I'll see in the kitchen with a knife, which is exactly where he and uh, Jamie Kennedy doesn't end up there, but Matthew Lillard does. So, um, but that was the big. It's twist. a little on the nose, but yeah, there there are plenty of things that are on the nose. Um, it's uh, I'm I'm happy that there's a blockbuster. I mean, it's clearly blockbuster, but they didn't call it blockbuster mm-hmm. where Jamie Kennedy works. Um, and I didn't understand part of that scene though because Billy's character is like. Hanging out, eating gobstoppers or something, talking to other girls, uh, whatever. Sure. Um, They're douchebags. Yeah, they really are. And like, once you know, in another, in a second or third viewing, when you see these characters interacting, it's like, oh yeah, they are just straight up assholes. And yeah, that yeah, yeah, they're 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 murderers and they're definitely buddies, which doesn't they don't seem like they would be buddies, like. Mm-mm. They both seem like they'd be burnouts for sure, but it they never seems talk like, about like a history that they have together or anything like that. No, like the the characters themselves. If you just had them separately, like Billy looks like he should be either one of the Lost Boys or one of the Outsiders, <laughs> and Matthew Lillard looks like he should be just his character in Hackers, maybe in a band or something. I don't know. Yeah, maybe it's a couple years he's done with the hacking stuff, so he decided to go back and get his schoolwork. He's in, like, sweaters and shit, and then he becomes a murderer, so. Yeah, yeah, so, but they don't really, like, I don't know. (laughs) Apparently, apparently the whole scene had to be censored, and they got all that shit for the school that they filmed at um, after the first, after Drew Barrymore's murder, um, when they're talking about, like, very nonchalantly, Matthew Lillard is talking about how You'd gut a person, and uh, mm-hmm. Jamie Kennedy's kind of talking about stuff with the horror movies and, and whatever else. But like, they were just having this very casual conversation about someone that was just killed. And I was like, no, I can totally believe this. Teenagers are assholes. Kids are assholes. I oh, the bathroom scene. That too. Like, I've done my fair share and 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 been in earshot of conversations of teenagers when I've worked in retail that just they're just pieces of shit, youths. Um. But uh, I was a piece of shit as a kid, too. Yeah. But like, so the school board, it wasn't the school board, but they were acting like a school board. Uh, Whoever was uh, the school that they were filming at, they were like, you can't say this. You can't do this. So like a lot of the conversation was kind of censored and edited, so to speak, or they didn't do it anyway. But that's why in the credits at the end where they're going through all the special thanks and whatever, at the bottom it says, no thanks whatsoever to the Santa Rosa School District Governing Board. <laughs> wow! Yeah, just a big that, old that's fuck That's ballsy. You. Yeah. That's ballsy. I mean, they I already mean, did the movie. Shot, who cares? So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, very punk That's rock. like Wes Craven just giving you a little fuck you. Yeah. What do you what do you fucking want? We're trying to film them. We have to progress the plot. We have to have these asshole characters. We're not going to stop just because yeah. your PTA meeting doesn't like it, bitch. Um, we also made millions of dollars. So 
Yeah, but there were a so lot of me. but this game, this game, this movie does so many things to counteract its tropes <laughs> of like um, everything in Friday the Thirteenth when uh, the teens have some sex and then they die. Well, yep. the the um, the Scream Queen had some sex and then she did not die. You know, stuff like that. She broke the rules. Yep. Rules broken left and right. Um, but I guess also there's a part uh, before that scene where her and Billy are talking and Wes says that Billy was always trying to think of how to go the extra mile or the, the character Skeet that played him um, was like it's unfortunate. He would he would uh, frequently or not frequently enough to make it noticeable, but look in the direction that he knew um, Lillard's character was coming from as the killer because he knew that was part of the plan, whatever. And I was like, I didn't oh. catch any of that. Again, too much credit for the audience at this point, Mr. Craven. But Did you try I and appreciate it? I, if you watch it a third time, you should, I mean, which you probably end up will watching it again, since it's one of Rachel's favorite movies. You mm-hmm. definitely look for that next time or remember to look for that next time. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it it's, yeah, it's, it's interesting. They did. So it's not just a haphazard, you know, thrown together slasher film. So, but um, it's a lot of intentional stuff. Some, a lot of it, like I said, Wes Craven, he knows horror. He, mm-hmm. he struck, he struck, uh, was it gold twice with Freddie and then this franchise as well. Right. Yeah. So, um, but he, I really uh, liked Wes Craven's new nightmare too. And that was like, this was like right. Be- I think Wes Craven's new nightmare was a couple years before this. And yeah, I liked, it was like uh, 94 or something, I think. Yeah, I did enjoy that movie. And I got uh, some of those vibes from that. OK, yeah, there's the scene right there. That is Wes Craven. He's just in a really bad mustache and long hair. So- <laughs> yep, there you go. There you go. Oh, man, that's real bad. Um, the big reveal is pretty good, though, when Billy falls down the stairs, somehow doesn't die, somehow doesn't snap his neck falling down the stairs after being quote unquote yeah. stabbed. And then he closes the door and like slowly turns to uh, Randy is Jamie Kennedy's character. Yeah. And says, we all we all go a little mad sometimes. I thought that was a quote from this movie, but it's not. It's I know it's from Psycho. Yeah. But um, but it was still it was still pretty good because, I mean, the only thing I argue was not done well is like Billy was never genuinely a likable character. No, I never my first time seeing this. I thought he was the killer from the get go because he's such a piece of shit, like always in his yeah, it doesn't white do the T-shirt job of you getting your suspicions off of Billy. No, You're yeah, yeah. Of Billy. which in the commentary, Craven was also like, we always tried to throw this in there to make it seem like he's not. And then this to make it seem like he is. And then vice versa. I'm like, you didn't succeed with that. I'm sorry. The only he one was... that the, the true out of nowhere. I mean, there are like red flags with Stu, but you don't really think it's him. Yeah, you just think he's a nut job. Yeah, which it subverts your expectations, I guess you can say. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's kind of everything I've got, though. I'm looking at, I'm trying to look at the other factoids here, and I don't see. Yeah, I'm running through my notes that I did on the tweeting. We kind of hit all the big stuff. Beep, 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 beep. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, that was all I said. I at one point I said that guy's got that guy's breath has got to smell like. Ch-. I appreciated. This is and this is only going to happen to you and me because we're getting older. But I appreciated the old school Cheetos bag, the white Doritos bag. Like, I remember all of those like brands, like those logos, because that's like, I mean, for the Doritos, that's probably two or three logo designs ago when when they had the white Dorito bags and all that stuff. And I was just like, ah, I, I. 
I remember. I was there. Damn it. We bought those. Oh, brother. <laughs> yeah. That guy just got to eat a bunch of Cheetos that one dude one day. That scene, like he was eating them and then talking directly to Courtney Cox to her face. I was like, his breath had to smell like Cheetos. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but he wanted Cheetos to kiss have her. a very particular smell, just like Doritos do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, good stuff. Um, so yeah, so I mean, you know, this was a successful movie. It went on to get a couple sequels so in a successful. TV series that I've not seen and I don't think rachel's seen either because it was not wes craven who did the tv series that was made after he passed um gotcha yeah he only did one and two and i don't think he did three i can't load that without the audio suffering so i will <laughs> not oh wait maybe let's see if well i'm wondering because it sounded like i mean if they got because the first one was a commercial success i wonder how much the second and the third one's made i don't know we can find out someday uh oh no he Not did today. do oh no he did directed he did directed he directed two and three <laughs> and four oh five was the newest one that's right that's right that's right yeah okay so he did direct all of them just not that it, uh i don't know just not the imdb says he did some of the tv series but that doesn't make sense because he was he passed away the year it released so i don't know take that all that with a grain of salt people Sure. I'm looking up the numbers for the second movie right oh, now. Okay. Roger that. Um, oh, I'm seeing, I'm looking at the cast of the second movie and I see Cotton Weary. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Jerry O'Connell. Yeah. Wait, <laughs> Cotton, not Cotton. What? <laughs> Jerry O'Connell not, of Sliders fame. Not in the second one. That's not yes. Jerry O'Connell. Yes, it's a thousand percent is. He's Sydney's boyfriend. No, it's Leave Schreiber is I'm plays telling, Cotton Weary. I am telling you, Jerry O'Connell is in the movie. I didn't say who he played. Oh, okay. I thought you were saying he was Cotton Weary. I know Jerry oh, O'Connell. Jerry O'Connell. Yeah. Ugh. Uh, get ready for Jerry O'Connell and Sliders retrospective. Mm-hmm. And Jamie Kennedy all in the same fucking movie. <laughs> get ready for our Sliders commentary. Uh, that will never fucking happen. Uh, Don't you ever put that evil on me <laughs> it'll happen it's gonna happen mention it why can't uh, i find us... budgets on this oh, oh so, so the second one the budget was 24 million and the gross was worldwide 172 million so that made money too <laughs> wow indeed jesus wow well, there you go but we're we're talking about scream one and yeah man i like this movie i gave it i didn't i think i was you going to it. give it I didn't rate it, but I will rate it here. How many? How many father deaths? How many? What was it called? How many no. uh, strawberry ice cream cones? No. Give this? All right. So I've been doing it an out of ten on the other ones. I gave this oh. one a seven point five. This is completely different from our regular scoring of five, but okay. Yeah, no one told me it had to be the same as this. So <laughs> no one Fine. told. All right, what's... we're up to what episode is this? And you're suddenly seven changing point, the rating system. 5. So I give it seven point five. That's three four, so it's like a four star. It's around there, like a three point seven five star. I'll do this math. Shut up. Uh, so seven point five <laughs> divided by ten is uh, how about that seventy five percent. Seventy five percent of five. What's five that? divided by point seven five. Nope, that's the wrong way to do that. Times Let's it. do that times numbers five. are neat. Uh, three point seven five. Three. Yeah. Three and three fourths is what you give it. <laughs> Yeah, I'll give it. A, I so this is another one of those things where I wish I would have seen it when I was younger because mm-hmm. I probably would have. It probably would have been a lot higher on my scoring, 
but I understand its significance as well. Like it's like it's kind of the reverse with my love of the Beatles. Like I understand why why the Beatles are important, but I don't really like them that much. It's reverse here. Like I do like this movie, but I also it because I like the movie is also because I understand its importance on the horror genre. So gotcha, gotcha. Uh, it's definitely got some plot holes. It's got some very cringy scenes. At one point, like they were getting sexy. And I looked at my wife and I was like, they are 17. <laughs> and, I, yeah. and I looked back at the TV and she was just like, oh, now this is weird. I was like, yeah, so it's really yeah. weird. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's different than today. Like all the TV shows nowadays are like high school kids in their sex lives. And you're just like, why the fuck is anyone watching this? Mm-hmm. Like, Yeah, yeah. But no, oh, it's boy. good. I like it. You should watch it. Yep. What about um, you? I give it a five out of five. Oh, it's perfect. It's uh, yeah, very well. I can't get it. I mean, can we give it a higher score than a four? Isn't it point (laughs) five? She does not. Uh, (laughs) Can I give it a four? I mean, there are some plot holes, but I think for what four point five, it sources and then makes fun of and then does better. Um, you know, are you saying it's better because you like the thing as much as I do? Are you saying it's better than the thing? I don't know if those are comparable. Uh, well, I'm just saying because, like, is is the thing is the thing a five out of five movie for you? Uh, mm, I don't Ooh. know about that. It's pretty high, but I don't know if it's perfect. I but think you this. Would put, okay. Yeah, I think this is a good for for what it does and what it tries to do. I think it succeeds and it brought back a genre, and, and then made a lot of money. Yeah. Oh my god, I'm looking at the scene where the guy's smoking and he's eating the ice cream cone and yeah, every time he smokes, he eats his takes a bite of his fucking ice cream. Ah, stop it. <laughs> we all we all have our addictions, you know, eat sleep vape. Anyway. Uh, oh, I forgot to say that this is the movie why David Arquette and Courtney Cox were married to each other for a little bit. So Not in this one. They got interested in each other and then they did get married and then they were diver- divorced and in the fifth movie they're also divorced. Their characters are so okay that makes sense so wait they got romantically entangled in the move first movie which they do do they get married are they married in the movie in the second movie and also in real life i think i think so i don't know for certain i'm not gonna and then they divorce by the third movie <laughs> uh well there's five movies i don't i just know they're divorced by the fifth movie i forget about scream four when the fuck did scream four come out i don't know uh late enough um, we, you're the wrong person to have on this podcast. We need Rachel on here too. Scream Four, 2011. 2011. Mm-hmm. I don't even know who was in it. So well, 96, we're not watch it, so. 97, 2011. Sheesh. Um, wow. They did and mention 2022. Yeah. Uh, Twenty. Uh, in the commentary, when they're wrapping up the commentary, they mention how they're already shooting the second film when they're doing this commentary. So, oh, okay. yeah, Scream 2 came out a year later, uh, so it did very well. Jesus, there's so many big names in Scream 4. Besides mm-hmm. the originals, you got fucking Anna Paquin, Kristen Bell, Allison Brie, Emma Roberts. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. Well, there you go. A lot of people. Anyway, uh, yeah, everyone should watch this movie and uh, just understand why it's important to the genre. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we don't really have a next movie picked out. Uh, I have a recommendation. I have an idea that I'm going to show Corey now and Uh-oh. those watching will see it and see his reaction. I'm just going to show it to him now. 
God damn it. <laughs> Fucking it's stay alive for this. The Frankie Muniz movie. If you die in the game, you die for real. <laughs> That's what it says it's on the that cover. Movie. That's what it says on the cover. Uh, uh, I well, if we do watch it, it won't be my first viewing. I can tell you that. Oh, so, shit. All right. Well, but be it's fun. been at least a decade since I've seen it. So, okay. oh, yeah, it's been a long time for me. I mean, I literally bought this movie to discuss on another podcast. So I want to make this. We got stars when I was a kid and that came on one day and I watched it. Oh, I, I bought this at a fucking book sale. <laughs> so, <laughs> God damn it. Yeah, so I guess. Yeah, yeah. Hell we'll yeah! That's Next selection is you don't watch anything and everything. I got twenty more movies to watch. So. <laughs> uh yeah. Throw it into your cauldron. It doesn't matter. It'll be fine. That's true. Um, Allie will hate this movie. <laughs> probably. Yep. Just don't tell her. Don't tell her it's about video games. Just, just put it on. I'm just, gonna tell her because she, she knows nothing about it. So I won't tell her shit about it. Good. 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 Yeah. Just tell that. Yeah. Don't tell her anything. Also, don't show <laughs> her the cover because there's totally a bloody. <laughs> There's totally a bloody controller on the cover. I own the DVD. I also feel like there's a version where it's red on the entire cover instead of the blue. Probably. I think that's what I, I remember seeing yeah. in Blockbuster. Yeah, I remember seeing the red one. Yeah. And I think I remember watching this because I wanted to watch it because I had Frankie Muniz in it. So Filmmaker audio commentary. What the hell does that mean? That could be literally anyone in the crew. I think that's why they did that because it wasn't mm-hmm. just the director. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we need to wrap this up. We're, we're going to watch stay alive next. So. Yep. 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 So, uh, keeping on our Twitters though. Uh, and, uh, I'll hopefully eventually our Instagram because, um, Corey will still be giving you the rundown of everything him and Hallie are watching. Um, Correct. and you know, chime in if you want chime in through there, chime in through discord. Uh, those are, that's always, or it's, it's on our link tree. I should say, um yes you know please rate us on whatever you listen to a song because that'll get more people Even to listen bad so. yeah just ratings help listen the li- downloads to keep up all we the got some stuff we're, we're not going to announce anything yet but we got some stuff in the works that i think we're going to probably announce more towards november which is going to be more fun uh but yeah i think we're you're everyone's going to be if if you are for the two people chorito and then like that one other guy that listens to us i think tom listens to us too so uh if you guys are interested tom kevin thank you stick around uh we got some cool stuff happening in the works so Uh, i'm not going to announce a damn thing because that's what Corey always does is he announces stuff that doesn't happen so i I was very vague with it this time Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah all right anyway work on it so most importantly though if you're getting a little bit of static don't touch that dial because you are right where you need to be you're in the static zone no Bump, bump, is this bump, is what bump. we do now like that that's never been a, like officiated that that's what we do no <laughs> that, <laughs> that's probably not gonna play when they watch the video but i don't give a shit we're out fine hello hello who is this tell me your name i'll tell you mine uh, i don't think so what's that noise popcorn you're making popcorn well i'm getting ready to watch a video really what just some scary movie. You like scary movies? Uh huh. You never told me your name. Why do you want to know my name? I want to know who I'm looking at. Someone is playing a deadly game. It all began with a scream over 911. Someone who's seen one too many scary movies. Now he's taken his love of fear. Hello? Hello, Sydney. One step 
too far. Do you like scary movies? What's the point? They're all the same. Some stupid killer stalking some big-breasted girl who can't act who's always running up the stairs when she should be going out the front door. It's insulting. There are certain rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive a scary movie. Number one, you can never have sex. Under any circumstances, say, I'll be right back. Because you won't be back. Get another beer, you want one? Yeah, sure. I'll be right back. Who do we make the rules? The police are always on track. They watch prom night and save time. He just kills by them. Don't answer the phone. Don't open the door. Don't try to hide. Everybody's a suspect! Yeah. Not scared, are you? Scream. 